Now back to the City Current Radio Show, hosted by Jeremy Park. Welcome back to the City Current Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Park. We're always honored to bring you inspiring stories of individuals and organizations making a difference and powering the good. And we're honored to be with Dr. Alora Gatormson. She is the director of the Tennessee Agricultural Museum. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you. Excited to be part of this today. Absolutely. So let's go ahead and dive in. Let's start with a little bit of history. So give us some history for the Tennessee Agricultural Museum. Absolutely. I love this question. Um, I just finished my doctorate last May, and part of my dissertation was a history of the Ellington Agricultural Center, which is where the Tennessee Agricultural Museum is located. The center is about six miles south of downtown Nashville, and it's the home to the Tennessee Department of Agriculture, which operates the Tennessee Agricultural Museum. Um, It's a beautiful campus. We have over 200 acres, and so our guests can come to the museum and learn about rural Tennessee, and then if they bring the right shoes, uh, they can enjoy the trails and and kind of pack a lunch. It's a very lovely spot, especially given its, um, its location so close to downtown and all the traffic. Um, and then in terms of uh, our support, we do have some great history connected with our nonprofit partnership association, the Oscar Ferris Agricultural Museum Association, which we call OFAM for short. And that was named after a Davidson County Ag Extension agent, Oscar Ferris. Uh, He served for almost 40 years in Davidson County and he saw agriculture changing and he kind of started a grassroots movement to save the artifacts. And because of him and his work, you know, we're indebted to him for the museum. And in the 1980s, a support group was created and they have the name the Oscar Ferris Ag Museum Association. And so between them and the Department of Agriculture, we're able to host the museum and have our programs and our special events. Talk about some of the special exhibits and some of the items that, especially on your end, you know, are, are must-sees. And, and especially when you talk about like before electricity and things like that, the historical perspective, I think, is really important. So go ahead and tease us a little bit. <laughs> sure thing. I love that. Um What I love about the museum is that you don't necessarily have to have a farming background to appreciate it. Um, The idea of hard work and industry and um, just creativity is inherent in every piece. And so we have over 4,000 artifacts related to just the character of the state in the rural communities. And so that's everything from a cast iron skillet to a large tractor. Um, And so people can connect with that. Um, I didn't grow up on a farm. I come from farming stock, so to speak, but I don't have a personal connection to it. But I am able to um, relate to the people just because, you know, you see them and the the pieces that they worked with and it kind of comes home to you. So it's a great place for that. In terms of the must-see items, I I also love animals. And so I feel like anyone that, that likes animals would also appreciate the museum. Uh, we have a goat wagon. That's my favorite piece, I think. And I, I like to think about that little critter hitched up to it and just carrying milk around town. So fun stuff like that, but very unusual too. When you talk about the experience and what you want people to feel and better understand, give us an idea of the overall experience that you're hoping people really walk away with. I hope that when people come to the museum, that they understand agriculture as both very, very important to our state's history and to the progress of Tennessee through time, but I also hope that they understand 
that agriculture is still extremely relevant um, in everybody's lives today and that we can all take a part in it, whether that's um, how you purchase your foods or what you eat or how you relate to the environment, um, just even just engaging with your State Department of Agriculture or your Extension Office or your Master Gardener community or your 4-H club, that there's all kinds of ways that agriculture can um, help you live the life that you want to live. So kind of learning about the past and then also uh, connecting with the relevance. You do a lot with youth. And so talk about some of the different programs and opportunities on the learning experience side for students. Yeah. Um, when I started at the museum over eight years ago, I started in the position of museum educator. And so museum education is very special to my heart. Um, we do field trips for students, both public, private, and homeschool, and then everything in between. And so we, we love having the groups here. It's central to our mission uh, at the Tennessee Agricultural Museum just to engage with diverse audiences. Um, we are currently looking to hire a new museum educator, hopefully this year, so that we can better serve our audiences um, and kind of bring in more groups, hopefully very soon. Until then, um, we're hosting our first Fridays at the beginning of every month, and these are geared towards an agricultural theme. Um, sometimes uh, they're almost a little goofy, so we did a groundhog theme last February, but then this this February, I'm going to talk about the history of rural mail delivery, which doesn't sound super exciting, but it is, <laughs> I promise. Uh, talk, you know, we have a, a mail buggy wagon here and uh, just thinking about, you know, the difference between getting mail in the early 20th century versus the abundance of Amazon packages, which we now receive. Um, but all that to say, we, we, we have some connecting piece between agriculture and rural communities and, and how we live our lives today. And then we always do try to have a craft. Um, and then as much as possible, I do try to partner with our contemporary ag groups um, like Tennessee Wildlife Resources is kind of a, a not necessarily directly connected to ag, but there are neighbors in the Division of Forestry or the Division of Metrology. Um, so that way audiences are, are learning about just how completely multifaceted agriculture is. How far in advance do groups need to work with you if you're talking about bringing schools and you know students in and things like that to plan uh, specific experiences? Talk about kind of the logistics and how those operate. Yeah, we're a small staff. Um, it's just myself and our curator, Brandon. Um, and so if someone calls, they're probably going to hear my voice <laughs> or his voice. And so honestly, it depends on what they would like to experience. If they want to come on a self-guided tour, I can talk to them about options, get them on the calendar if they'd like to kind of block a spot for their group. If they are looking for more of, of a curriculum-based or a led program, we do ask for generally two weeks advance notice, but we can work, um, you know, tighter corners if, if necessary. We, we always want people here. Uh, and then to, we do hope to hire that educator this summer. And so I would tell folks, if you want big group, please give us just a little bit of wiggle room. Um, but keep us on the radar. And we do have a monthly newsletter. And so if they send us their information, I can share all kinds of stuff through that um, so that they can keep up to date on, on what we can offer. Talk about community events and different ways the community can plug in all throughout the year. Yeah, I love our community events um, because they 
I don't know, they, they bring out a lot of the fun part of ag. And so in April, we're going to host our very first annual tractor show. Uh, so if folks want to come out and pet some old tractors, they're welcome to do so uh, the morning of April 29th. Let me double check. I believe that's that Saturday in April. Um, and then we do have uh, our farm fun day on Saturday, July 15th from nine to one. Um, both of those are going to be free events. And so they're really great to, to bring your families out uh, to see, you know, big tractors. And, and we're going to have a touch a truck event at that. So, you know, kids can touch um, bulldozers and, and other things, not just tractors. And then with the farm fun days in July, um, we'll have animals and then we'll have a lot of our historic partner, uh, historic sites partners like the Tennessee State Museum and the Hermitage so that uh, maybe if you can't get out to all those sites this summer, you can come to our event and you can go to the tables, you can get the information, you can talk to them, learn about what they're offering. They generally are wonderful, wonderful, and they have like crafts and all kinds of cool stuff. So our Farm Fun Day is a great way to get the most out of your summer um, just by coming that one day. And, and then we do have a, a fundraising dinner in October, which has not been set yet, but that's a good way for folks to support the museum to come and buy um, kind of a, a plated dinner. And then we just had our Christmas open house, which is the first Thursday in December. Uh, we have live Christmas trees and country ham biscuits and live music. So a bit of a, a country Christmas celebration there. So those are kind of the big things um, each season. We do have smaller events. Um, you know, throughout the, the months also that you can keep up with on our social media sites. And then we are regularly open Monday through Friday from nine to four. If you want to give us a call, I can always, you know, let people know if something's coming up. Talk about volunteer opportunities throughout the year. So I'm assuming you need some volunteers, especially for these events. So what ways can the community uh, support you physically with the volunteerism? We love our volunteers. Um, we have all kinds of opportunities for all kinds of, um, you know, people that are interested in different things. If they want to come and clean out the cabins, uh, I'll put on some overalls and go out there with them. <laughs> and we'll, we have historic cabins that definitely need a good scrubbing every season. Um, so we have a lady that comes out and she's wonderful and she does that for us. Um, we have folks that come and help in our heirloom garden. And that can be anything from pulling weeds to plant to just kind of helping us water in the summer. And we always need help with that garden. We always need help with our cabins. And then in, in terms of like interior work, um, we do always appreciate people that'll come and just help us keep the artifacts clean and preserved. Um, it's our job to take care of them. And so any help we can get is appreciated. And then in terms of our festivals, I think it's very easy to just not appreciate as much as you should a smiling face at the front desk and having someone to greet you and tell you where the bathroom is and a little bit about the museum. And so with our festivals, we can put you in the air conditioning and have you at the front just talking about the museum and what we have to offer and being the face of the museum. Um, that's, that's always very valuable. And so we can use people's help in all kinds of ways. What about the financial support to help underwrite your efforts? So what are the different ways that the community can support you financially? Absolutely. So um, one thing I love about the museum is that we do have different ways to serve and so the community. So we do everything, you know, we, we do preservation, we do outreach, we do education. And so whatever people want to support, um, we can find a way to work with that 
that donor or that sponsor. And so we have groups that give to our education and that money plugs directly into our school groups. Um, if folks want to donate to the general account of OFAM, uh, that money is managed and it, the nonprofit there supports the museum. Um, and so it's just a really great way to show your support. We also do uh, memorials. And so if someone would like to donate money to the museum, I will sit down and write um, a handwritten note and I'll put my business card in it and, and just let people know that someone was considering their family uh, during a season and that the money went to the museum and that we're extending our sympathy. So that's a very special way that people have donated in the past that I, I think is very meaningful. Um, but then we also, uh, if, if people want to donate organizations want to donate to the museum, we will reciprocate in kind with, with certain amounts by putting their name and their logos on our, our promotional materials or have banners throughout the museum and things like that too. You mentioned the garden, you mentioned the trails. Talk about just the connection to nature and the ability to just experience nature as a part of everything we're talking about. Yeah, so I'm very spoiled uh, working here at the museum and I don't ever want to take that for granted. Um, if folks come, they can, we're in a restored 1920s horse barn, which is also really cool. Um, so after kind of viewing this space, if they go outside, uh, we do have, I believe, 1.7 miles of trails and they crisscross across campus. Um, what's also neat is that we have a nonprofit farm on site. We're the only state department of agriculture that is um, connected to a working farm. So I love that fact. So people can go down and uh, that group is called Cultivate and they can um, see folks growing stuff in the fields, you know, even today, see how they're doing it. And then we do have the historic cabins that date to the 19th century, which is really cool. They're um, set up like a family just walked out, you know, for a community gathering or something, everything's still on the table like they would have had it. And then we do have our heirloom garden where we grow crops that early Tennessee settlers would have grown. So people um, can definitely get a lot out of the museum in the winter, but I think that the best time is or kind of spring and summer when they can get outside and, and like you're saying, connect to nature and see just how inter interwoven um, agriculture and the natural environment, you know, obviously are absolutely related and necessary. Go ahead and wrap up with website, social media. Where do we go to stay in the loop and to uh, learn more? So where do we go? Yeah, um, please feel welcome to go to the Tennessee Agricultural Museum's Facebook page. Um, we post pretty regularly. Our curator, Brandon, has started a new series called Weird Wednesdays, which I really love. So things like hog oilers and all kinds of odd artifacts, uh, he'll put them on there and, and people can learn about that. So Facebook's a big one. Uh, we do have an Instagram account. And then we also have our monthly newsletter. If folks will send their contact information to the museum, I'll add them. Um, I promise. So we don't send more than two emails a month, so nothing too crazy. And that's just a great way to stay connected to the museum. The website tn.gov slash agmuseum. So that makes it easy as well. Laura, thank you for all you do and uh, greatly appreciate you coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me.